What's up guys and welcome to A is a podcast. A podcast where we discuss a variety of topics from comedy, movies, and even mental health. Make sure you rate our channel and tell us what you think. And also follow DJ Sabotage, D-J-S-A-B-O-T-A-J on all socials and CTG Mark 10. That's CTG M-A-R-1-0 on all socials. And now the latest episode of A is a podcast with DJ Sabotage. You are now listening to a cutastic beat. Hell yeah, I want it all. I ain't really trying to play. Ignoring every call if it ain't about to pass. So I really got a ball. Coach put me in the game. Ever since I got involved, it ain't never been the same. Hell yeah, I want it all. I ain't really trying to play. Ignoring every call if it ain't about to pass. So I really got a ball. Coach put me in the game. Ever since I got involved, it ain't never been the same. Hell yeah, I want it all. This is DJ Sabotage, and welcome to A is a podcast. I'm here with CTG Martin. How are you? What is happening, guys? Oh boy. Oh boy. Indeed. We we got a topic to talk about, and I'm sure the nation and the world, I think we also listeners in India too. So it's all over the world. Wow. Have been dealing with um unemployment rates since the pandemic it has been fluctuating back and forth. It's slowly coming back and then it drops again, kind of a thing. Um, so we get into that. We're going to talk about it. Chris, what do you have that you want to get off your chest? Well, a lot. Um, so before we get to, you know, I, I'm kind of I'm going through some of this right now myself. But I was really thinking about this. We, you know, we brought it up a few weeks ago about how the world's changed uh, post-COVID. There's a name that I keep hearing thrown around, and I should have wrote it down. But essentially, what a lot of uh, people in you know the human resource departments and stuff, they're calling it like a almost like a um, employee pandemic. Almost like nobody wants to work. Nobody wants to. I keep hearing this. I've been hearing that for about the last I don't know ten years about how our generation is lazy and. None of us want to work and, you know, especially like millennials, millennials think they're entitled. Listen, our entire childhood, we were told we have to go to college or we're going to be nothing. We have to get further education or we'll never have an opportunity at a a job worth anything. Okay. Guess what? A lot of us did. Okay. Me not being one of them. I I went to college for a year while I was in high school. I, I realized it wasn't for me. So I just joined the workforce, but I'd say about 90% of the kids I went to school with went to college. Okay. And they got educations and they got degrees and, you know, they've got thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. So no, those people don't want to come make $12 an hour for you. Okay. They, they don't want to handle your accounting for $35,000 a year. That's not okay. So when I hear this, stereotype that our generation is lazy or entitled or doesn't want to work. This is the most educated era of workforce employees that are expected to take far less jobs. We got to get that, that narrative out of here. It's not that people are lazy. It's not that people don't want to work. It's that they put in the work already to make X amount of dollars per year or step into a position that they're ready for. I 
kid you not, I've seen things that literally say, you know, preferred bachelor's degree and 10 years experience for a position. I'm like, what? So you want somebody 35 years old that can hopefully get a position that they've never gotten before. It's ridiculous to me. I've been very fortunate in my career. I started my, my real career. I didn't really get going until I was 23, 24 years old. Before that, I'd had, you know, me and Taj have worked a couple of jobs, you know, rando jobs. And that's what it was. They were jobs. What I have now is actually a career. And so what I was able to do was work my way up. And yes, it's taken me 10 years to get where I'm at, but I'm and have been for quite a few years now, a part of, you know, a management team. You know, I've had employees and things like that. And, uh, you know, not everyone can do that. Not everyone's always given those opportunities. Um, There's definitely a whole discussion that we could have about that. But in this world and climate that we live in, I need people to understand people weren't allowed to work. People weren't allowed to get new jobs. People weren't allowed to go to stores, things like that for a large majority. And unfortunately, our government gave us $1,200 and said, figure it out. Well, the world figured it out. I know plenty of people with OnlyFans. I know plenty of people with Twitch accounts. I know people with podcasts that have taken off. The world figured it out. There's so many online opportunities and abilities to work from home that now that things are dying down or that we've gotten through the pandemic or possibly the world's safer, everyone's like, okay, now it's time to come back and do all the things that no one really wanted to do anyway. The world's like, "Mm, we're good. We've been figuring it out for two years. We're going to keep figuring it out going forward. So please stop painting this narrative. If you are one of those people that are saying like, you know, our generation's lazy or the younger generation's lazy, they're not, they're smarter. They are smarter. Um, And I think he kind of filled in what I was going to say, but I will say it. That's kind of where it has been. The, this generation has gotten smarter. And since the pandemic had started, uh, it forced people to find alternatives. It's, the market is the market now, um, not only with the OnlyFans, but you also have people who um, left their homes, their mortgage, and bought a camper, bought an RV, and traveled the world, and still is making money. Um, you have people who didn't have an education and went through YouTube Academy and now is doing graphic art designs for people in an apartment this generation and in our generation are starting to get smarter in ways of making money cryptocurrency starting to boom and that's how most of these people are making money as well we've seen a situation with uh you know GameStop stock happening and they were making money off of it finding loopholes all of this is coming from our generation and the new generation as well these older companies that is still stuck into the old ways of working, you know, giving people still eight dollars, ten, you know, eight to nine dollars an hour to do five different jobs and expect them to work sixty hours a week. They're losing workers. They're finding loopholes. They're finding an easier, simpler way um, through travel, through internet, through social media, and. There's no reason to waste your life anymore. Like uh, the older generations were working from tooth to nail, 
until the white meat showed and the bones popping through their their skin for a 401k where now you can be a gamer yeah. and have a 401k you can be the person that you really want to be and sorry to say you don't even have to have an agree no not at all you have a kid on youtube thanks to his you know engineering family and and scientific family in the, in the science world 21 million dollar kid through yep. youtube yep so it's not oh what is this world coming to the world is coming to a smarter place absolutely and it's becoming very adamant that you need to be paying these people more or dropping their responsibility a little bit less and I'm, and I'm speaking more into the, the retail world, the restaurant world, and the banking world. I've seen tailors who was supposed to just give out money, deposit, withdrawals, and they're sitting there making mortgage loans to people in line because they're forced to do it. In, in retail, you had you know a person who's making damn near $10, $5 less than the store manager doing store manager stuff. And they're not getting reprimanded for it. They're not getting any splits for it. And they're just there because they have to. And that doesn't make any sense. Now, where you can have your own shop online and making a CEO paycheck. Yes. I know, yeah, I know a girl that started in Etsy uh, during COVID, and that's her full-time job now. She actually just opened up a store, and COVID happened, and she wasn't allowed to work, and she had already been making, like, these little trinkets and things. It took off a little bit. She just kept doing it, uh, expanded, bought more materials, started making other things, and now she has a store not too far from here. I've been wanting to go because I think those are great success stories. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And, and to put this status for the unemployment benefits, the unemployment rate is 4.1% and it's updated March of this year. The total unemployment people is 237,000 people. Which and that's just in Ohio. Of. That's in yeah. Ohio. Yeah. And let alone in the U.S., 6 million people are currently unemployed and 3.6% of the unemployment rate. Right. And again, that's not that crazy. I'm looking at stats right now. And in 2004, the unemployment rate was 5.5. Right. Guess, guess what happened in 2006, 2008, the recession. So people need to stop acting like we're in a world where people aren't. The, the same amount of people are working. Okay. Here's what's happening. That's fucking awesome. Okay. And I'm so happy this is happening of all the bad that came from COVID. This is one great thing that happened. The workforce, the, the essential building block, the, not the CEOs, not, not the presidents, not even managers like me, like the people that thought they were important, the people that thought they were making the differences, myself included, got a slap in the face and realizing you really don't matter. Right. The workforce matters. And the greatest thing to happen to the workforce I've seen in my entire life is they recognize they matter. Right. 
the people that were deemed essential and were still making nothing and dealing with rude people and all this finally said, I'm done. And when they said they were done and they used the internet and they use social media to be like, this is why I'm done. This is what I had to do. How many videos did we watch on Instagram and TikTok of people being like, you know what? I'm done with this. You can't wear a mask when we're asking you to. You can't wait outside. All you Karens and Kevins want to come in here and complain. I'm out. I remember that girl in that restaurant was like, you know what? For what they pay me, I am done arguing with you. She took off her apron. She threw it on the ground. She took off her name tag, walked out the door. Um, Yeah. And that's the thing, man. I'm telling you this younger generation. Okay. For anybody that's older and they say they like, you know, that's listening and they're like, well, we'll never understand the younger generation. Guess what? We're going to be that way too one day because I thought our generation didn't give a shit, bro, bro. Yeah. (laughs) These youngins right now. Oh man. Am I excited for the future because they don't give shit. They don't don't even have, they don't have the credit score enough to give a shit like that's that's where I, they're yeah i didn't realize how bad it was until and again i'm not trying to start a uh, political one way or the other i don't think me and you've ever gone down that road i don't think we ever will it gets too dicey but when you are in the state of texas okay and not austin not the not the progressive part of texas when you are in the heartland of like texas texas and a Texas governor comes to your school and the entire school starts screaming F you fascist and they won't stop the principals on the, you know, the microphone, you will be suspended. They don't care. They, they, they keep fuck you fascist. Fuck you. And the guy's just sitting there waiting. I can't remember what his policies were. I don't care. I think it had something to do with abortion. I'm not hundred percent sure, but they just kept going. And then they realized together, suspend all of us then. Do it. Let's see. What, what, what are you going to do? Do it. And guess what? Nothing did happen. The, the governor never spoke. He ended up leaving. The kids celebrated. The teachers, the, the, the school board didn't know what to do because they're like, what are we going to do? Suspend the entire school? Expel them? That's your money. We as a people have to realize like as the workforce, we make all these people money and we, if we collectively come together and that's exactly what's happening. Oh, we're going to pay you $9 an hour to go to a place filled with asbestos and, you know, pack tennis shoes. Well, I I don't think I want to do that the rest of my life. And they're like, well, we need you to, I understand you need me to, and I need you to pay me more for that kind of terrible work. Oh, well that would cut into our profit margins. All right. Then I just won't work. Well, you're lazy. Sure. Paint whatever picture you got to. That's where we're at in the world. That, and that is where we're at at the world. And, and I'm so I, happy. I'm happy. I'm, I, yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm completely okay with that because why? You matter first. Mm-hmm. You matter first before the money. The money, can, the money will come. You just yep. got to get to it. You know what I'm saying? But there's no reason for you to slave into a dollar. Yep. You can slave into... A hundred, you can slave into a million, you can slave into a billion, yeah. You can't slave into a dollar, and I think that's where it comes to that moment of, hey, I can sit here at McDonald's, and you can tell me wherever I can feel, but I know I can leave here and do something better. Yeah, and I, I'll tell you what, that's the second part of it. So 
the entire reason that I even got into management. And again, I will, I will never talk about like company names or anything like that. If, if anybody knows me, they'll know exactly who and when and where I'm talking about certain things. And that's fine. But for to cover our own asses, I'll never bring up names, but you know, my career was very crazy because I started off at a very, very base level. Okay. And I will say that I worked in manufacturing. Okay. I won't say what kind of field or anything like that. Again, if you know me, you know where I started at. And I was approached because I had skills um, driving a forklift. I had actually done it very rarely early, you know, at another place. I wasn't this, you know, good by any means, but the place was shorthanded and heard I could drive a forklift. And so I moved into the warehousing side of manufacturing. Um, I worked my butt off. I made sure I was always there. I tried to do as good as I can. Um, and the one thing I found was that I was really good at de-escalating situations as they arose. So if, an, you know, one of the per- people I was working with was mad about something or got in trouble for some reason, I was really good about explaining to him like, Hey, you know, this is a business, you know, it makes sense. There's certain things we can say, there's certain things we can do. And I was lucky to, at the time, have a manager myself who was excellent. And he saw that in me. And he, so at one point I moved up into a lead position. And from there, I got to work with this person and really kind of cut my teeth and realize some things are important and some aren't. The, the best thing about this individual was he was a older, well, he was an older gentleman. Um, he wasn't looking to, you know, break records and show off and make a name for himself. He had already had his years in and he was in his, you know, we'll call him like his twilight years. He was on his way out. So to where, as I was very young and fiery and trying to get an opportunity, you know, I wanted to be the best, be the greatest, be the fast. You know, he was the one that gave me some of the best advice I ever heard in my life. Um, I got really mad one time. One, one of our employees did something and I was so pissed off about it. I went outside to smoke a cigarette and he came out and he's just like, you know, I understand why you're upset and, you know, it's tough because, you know, that's your, the, you know, our employees make how is how we look as the management team. And I was so angry about it. And he came out and he goes, you know, here's the thing. He goes, what we're doing in here, it's just stuff. It's just stuff. He's like, we're not doctors. You know, if we make a mistake, right, no one dies. You know, can they in the environment we're in? Yes. Some mistakes can lead that but it's not like if we accidentally write down the wrong medication or something and somebody dies because of it, like that's a mistake. Doctors, nurses, things like that have to deal with. That's gotta be stressful. What we're doing. It's just stuff. They make the stuff. We store the stuff. We ship the stuff. If some of it gets messed up, then we make more of the stuff. And I, when I thought about that, like, you know, I was very young. I was like, Holy shit. He's right. And the entire reason that I even started um, chasing into moving into management was because I had so many shitty managers. I really looked at people and I thought, wow, fear-based management is so easy. It's so easy to be like, well, it's my way or the highway. And if you don't like it, there's the door. And I told myself, I was like, I'm going to become a manager. And I refuse to be that way. Now, have I had to be that way over the years at times? For sure. Some people aren't willing to try and be better or be a positive light on a team or things like that. And it's gotten to that point, but I've never let myself be that person first. I've always been the person that wanted to escalate, train up, watch people improve, watch them excel and give them the opportunities too. And the best part for me is that 
even the place that I worked my way up in, they hated that about me. I'll never forget one time my team did a stellar job for like a solid week. I believe I was still, I wasn't into a management position yet. I was in a lead position. I had actually left the warehouse side and moved to the production side. And my team just really killed it the week before. And so in the meeting, I told him that I was like, Hey, give yourself a round of applause. I'm really proud of you. So, you know, we just clapped. We was really good. Everyone felt really good. And somebody I'd looked at as a mentor at that time had mentioned, asked me a question about what we were clapping for. And at the time we were working a lot of overtime and I told him, we keep having weeks like that. We're going to start working the overtime out of this. And this person I looked at as a mentor told me, yeah, I saw like the whole clapping thing. Like, you know, I think you're pretty good at what you do. The biggest issue is you worry about if people like you or not. And if you ever plan on moving into management, um, things like that would never fly. Like if I was your manager and I saw you guys all clapping down there during your team meeting, I'd suspend you. Wow. Was the grossest thing up to that point. I will say that up to that point, I've heard worse since then, but at that second, I realized, you know what? And that's why I'm going to be better than you one day. And again, four years, I've told people in performance reviews and things like that. The biggest thing I've always heard is like, you just never really write people up. I'm like, I don't find it necessary to write people up. If I don't like something they're doing, we correct it right then and there. We have an open conversation for it and they correct their behavior. If they don't, then at that point, yes, we look into escalation plans. Nine times out of 10, though, we're all adults. I can go to somebody and say, hey, you can't be doing this. I need it done this way. And this is why. And that's the thing people always leave out. Right. They never want to explain the why. It's like, do it because I told you to do it. Well, right. guess what? That's lazy fucking management. I'm sorry. It is. And this is something I get really passionate about because I didn't know what I was going to do in life. Right. Like I didn't go to college. I, you know, music was what I thought I was going to do. So now that I have a, an, an arc in this, like shitty management pisses me off when I'm in a, a restaurant or a fast food place or whatever. And I hear like a manager yelling at an employee. I'm literally that person. I'm like, fucking stop. Like, who do you think you are? People need to realize, and I'm so glad this is happening in the world right now because people like me are thriving. People like me that have had employees and stuff that they're calling me like, Hey, where are you working at? Because I want to work for a guy like you again. Right. And that shit feels great. Like really great. So yeah, it's uh, the, the, the old ways, man, they're, the times are changing. So if you're somebody that's a manager right now and you, what I call it, I call it fear-based management. Um, and you're a person that's like that and you're not trying to build up people to take your position one day and you're not looking for the talent in your teams and you're just one of those like why corporate gives me the rules and I enforce the rules on you. You're going to be gone in 20 years, right? That your style will not be. I don't even know if it, I don't, maybe 10 I'm watching it disappear right now before my eyes, right? I'm literally seeing managers that are being burned out of companies because employees they're looking at retention rates right now. Yeah. They it, companies have to, and it's starting, they're starting to realize, Hey, this whole team of 30 will walk out on us right now, go down the road, possibly even make more money. Any, any company right now, any, especially in manufacturing, I can tell you right now. And you, you go to some an interview and you go, yeah, actually I have at least, you know, four or five people that are also looking for employment here. And I was hoping to get in here and see if this is a good place to work. They will hire every single person. People, and like I said, they can't get employees. They're struggling. Staffing agencies are even struggling to get people. Yeah. So you have to do a better job. 
So any shitty managers, if you are a fan of the show, great. Thanks for being a fan. If you're a shitty manager or a shitty boss or a lead or whatever, do better because you, you won't you won't be around. And you know what? For for those shitty managers, um, put your ego aside. Whatever bullshit thing that happened in your childhood and your high school, and it's <laughs> like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to Steve Job this shit and punish everyone below me. You know. I never they are that. out there. They are, are out there. And I, I witnessed and I witnessed it myself as a part-timer. Um, I'm the guy who is loyal to the service. I am loyal to the job. So I'm willing to be a teammate, be a team leader, figure out the situation and make it work. A lot of times I get a lot of jealousy from managers chef managers because of how i was kind of making things work and my name kept popping up and they get jealous or nervous or whatever emotional thing they they were having and then they find a way to use that aggression towards me in other ways either dropping my um schedule down to barely nothing so my performance would be shit and Prove a point. Oh, see, he he's not that great of a guy. Look at his performance. It's terrible. Purposely making little comments um, towards me to kind of diminish my motivation and, and, and energy. Um, and little things like that was coming up and happening. And I took the hit. I took it to heart. Because I had these guys that I thought were cool. Uh, I thought they were, you know, friends and and colleagues and all this stuff and and turns out that they were there to punish me because they didn't like how I was doing I remember my first job like I didn't want to be in retail I wanted to be a movie director I wanted to do scripts I wanted to be in the entertainment business but I had to get money in order for me to go into the NYFA which is New York Film Association they didn't do any uh, sponsorships or anything like that, scholarships, you had to come up front. So I was like, all right, I got to gotta make money. So I went to a game store. I was 18 at the time. And by the time, after my 30 days, my numbers were better than the store managers. And the store manager was like, I kind of want you to be my assistant. But the district manager was like, hey, he's too young. Give him, Give him a year, which was fine. But then I decided I wanted to transfer and I wanted to transfer to Columbus. There was a new store opening up and I thought I was just going to keep the same position, which at the time they promoted me to third key. So like, all right, whatever, we'll make something do. So I kept it. I was like, all right, third key. I met, I met the manager. We talked, we clicked like, man, this might, this might work until the date kept getting closer to where I wasn't fully ready to move. So I declined that same year. Well, also declined too, because the manager at that game store also told me, well, uh, if you take that position, you're only going to make the same amount or maybe a dollar or two less. Then I'm like, well, shit, I can't make it in Columbus. You need right. like four roommates in order to make do. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. So I was like, all right, then 
that I, I can't make it then. So I, I declined. That Christmas, we had a meeting. The DM was there. That same store manager told the DM, oh, he was going to be the assistant manager at the new Columbus store. And he declined. I'm like, wait, what? That means I would have been making a hell of a lot more than what I would make it now. And I would have made it by myself. Yeah. What? So I was like, all right. Well, this assistant manager thing that he was offering me was still on the table. Turns out he gave that position to a guy because he worked at a food spot and was giving him free food. <laughs> that didn't come out of my mouth. That came out of theirs. Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, and the worst part is like, I believe you because yes, there, when it comes to moving I mean, up, there's politics. I, it's I, 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 yes, politics. And I left, went to a music store with the same promise that I was going to be assistant manager. That assistant manager, what position was open this whole time and no one told me, right? So they can, and this is the wildest thing. The same thing. My numbers was popping up. I teamed up with an associate because we always closed together and me and him would dominate the numbers. We would dominate the numbers when we were working. She didn't understand how that worked. So by Christmas, she changed the schedule to where I was working with this kid named Nick. Then there was one day she hired a guy for assistant manager. And there was one day he came in with normal clothes and went in the back. And all of a sudden, money was missing from the safe. The next week, I'm starting to work with this kid named Nick, closing with him practically every day. The other kid, non-existent. He was working, but I never saw him. So I'm, I'm working with this kid named Nick. Every time I closed with him, money came up missing from the safe mm. every night. And keep in mind, I count 20 different times. Like, even if I, like, feel like I didn't count all the way, I'll count it again. We would leave by 10 p.m. We close at 9. Like, I would I would leave at 10 just to make sure that money was great. Like, I, I'm not touching, you know. But then somehow the next morning, she would call. Money is missing. She keeps accusing me of money being missing. And I'm like, I don't understand why you're saying that because I make money outside of this store too i dj and this is the time i'm i was djing at hole in the wall bars but i was making do with my rent and everything so why would i need to steal money from you if i'm making money outside here that doesn't make sense make that make sense so one day she says it was like twenty dollars here ten dollars here whatever one day it was 150 dollars, and she's looking at me like where is that where is that i don't know where the hell that is so anyway, I'm closing. Here comes Nick. He walking with his chest puffed up, happy. He tells me that he bought a new CD stereo in his truck. Oh, man, that sounds dope. How much was that? He said $150. <laughs> I say, come again. Sometimes it's, you can't even write it, right? <laughs> and... He ended up getting change from the safe. Oh my God. And I asked him, wait, 
how do you know the combination of the safe? He said, my mom told me. His mom worked at the oh same store. God. Wow. And the store manager and the mom of France. The only reason that this kid got a chance to work there was because his name, his last name was different from his mama's. His mama gave him the combination of the same. So I told the store manager and she called me bluff. That same time that she called me bluff, there was another guy named Tom. He came in from, I think, Sandusky, Springfield. He used to work at that same spot. And then he left and became a store manager there, did some coke or whatever. Then he came back. <laughs> it's a little booger sugar. It's a little booger sugar. A little memoir <laughs> for everybody. So anyway, he comes back, ironically. And the same time that we're having this conversation, he ends up being hired in. Or transferred back in. So the more times I've been working with this guy, it's starting to get very frustrating because I know now, hands down, that this guy is the guy who has been stealing money from the safe. And somehow, no one's not coming to my side on it. So one particular moment was a Sunday with myself, Booger Sugar Tom, (laughs) Nick, and another kid, right? We all work. Monday comes around and there I'm standing there in the back room with the store manager and the district manager. And they were ready to uh, demote me because there was a secret shopper that showed up on a Sunday. And apparently I took care of the secret shopper and I didn't uh, mention the three things that needed to be mentioned, which is ironic to me because Every customer, even to this day, can come up and say, man, Taj has done wonders with customer service. He remembers my name. He remembers my interests. And he has great suggestions. So that doesn't make any sense. So they tried to demote me. Took the key off my key ring, and I threw it across the room, and I said, you better catch it. You better catch it. And I walked out. What they did when I realized when I came back to that music store to work again, there was no secret shopper on Sundays. They don't do secret shop on Sundays. So journeys came around and that was fun. I loved it. Loved every bit of it. But then there was a very interesting character that worked there. There was. Sorry about that. That was me. (laughs) (laughs) and this particular character uh was the store manager there and he was cool up until a certain moment of time and he started to get a bit um i don't want to i don't want to say what it is because it because as far as labels is concerned that means you if i say this particular word that means he is all of these things and he's really not it was just questionable of his actions i say that he um found ways to belittle you in intelligence he found ways to bring ego to himself highly narcissistic in in his in his way um he was and yeah there you go there you go ct yeah Yeah, i keep saying i want to get away from that word but 
I remember him. He was trash. And I remember telling him some, you know, very personal stories about in high school um, and how, like, they wasn't good with their education and helping people out. So he purposely said, I will not hire anyone from that high school because you told me that they're not educated enough. That, that wasn't the case. And any person that was Black, I had to deal with. And he also said that I was the mother, he was the father, and I have, I'm, my responsibility was take care of the kids. That dude was weird as fuck. <laughs> when he... Uh, was supposed to go to Finley. He got arrested in Toledo. Shit, I forgot about that. And the reason that he got arrested in Toledo was because he was having a relationship with another manager in a different store. Yes, 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 yes. Because I got sent to Finley. I had to go work at another store one time. Because I didn't work there that long. How long was I there? Like three or four months? I want to say three or four months. Yeah. And like, CS, this manager was okay. So they brought me on and it was kind of cool because I would consider myself a fairly popular guy. Uh, Not your typical like high school popular, like jock or preppy guy. No, I just, I meet people. I'm cool with people. Taj the same way. We've always just been cool with people. So there was a time where even if people weren't necessarily buying shoes, they were coming in to say hi and stuff. And having people in your store is always a good thing. People it's like, uh, I can't remember what the genius was, but there was somebody in, whether it was target or best buy, they purposefully have small parking lots. That way it always looks like they're full. Right. Genius. It's fucking genius. Yes. People want to go where people are. And so, yeah, I had, because if I remember correctly, I was working fairly heavy. I don't think completely full-time because I remember I had two jobs at the time. But I remember my sales were starting to be really good. I was starting to have a lot of success with uh, women's shoes. Like, I just, I've always, I ain't gonna lie, I've always been kind of a flirt. And that translated very, very well for me. Because I remember it was like my second or third week, you were like, dude, you're going to make a killing out here if you keep doing what you do. Because I would... I would get, you know, like somebody come in, you know, like a girl like my age or something, maybe with their parents. I, we were, and again, we were young, you know, early twenties, but yeah, I would just do my thing, be a little flirty. Then I'd talk to mom and to try and shoes on like, well, if your daughter's going to be looking this good, you got to be looking good with her. Right. And I remember you telling me, you're like, bro, you start, do you do this. You're going to, and then all of a sudden I had to go to other stores and I had to my hours. Yeah. I was down to like one day a week, I think. Yeah. I was like, what in the hell is going on? Because like we had a list between all the stores of like who had the best sales uh, by store and then by individual. And like, I remember me and you were, we were up there and yeah, yeah, like all of a sudden hours started getting short or we'd have to go somewhere else. And it was just weird that that dude was fucking weird. Yeah. And, and I remember, I remember when you came in and I told him, I was like, you got to get this guy in. Uh, I was like, he got he got the looks. He knows how to talk to people, and he will sell well. And this was actually the second time meeting you because the first time was Buffalo Wild Wings. We mentioned that in the earlier uh, episodes, but this yeah. was the second entity you came in. Yeah, and I was like, you got to bring this guy in, and yeah. and you did, and we did, and you were like Tom Cruise in cocktail, like it worked. 
<laughs> I, I will say now I I've been a fairly confident young man most of my life, but there was something about that job um, that really, I mean, anybody that's known me from high school on will be like, yeah, I'm sure that was the job you kind of found your confidence in, but I've always had an air of confidence to me, but that one, man, there was a good month or two where I was like, man, man, I could really maybe make something of this. Like, right. Right. And yeah, it really sucked that that dude was such a douchebag. Cause like, I think I even told you too. I was like, well, I'm going to roll out of here. <laughs> you're like, yeah, you did. I, you're like, I get it, man. Like I was, I was working like five hours, one day a week. I'm like, this is like a waste of my time. It right. honest to God, like at the time I didn't even have a place to live. I was staying with my aunt and uncle at the time. Wow. Yeah. Um, I had been living with a friend that went sour. Um, so we just, we actually talked and literally for our friendship, we're like, it's probably better. We just don't live together. We were, you know, and so I moved back in with my mom. I want to say I was like 20, maybe 21. And then that was tough. You know, I'd actually been gone for a year or two. And I think we'd gotten used to our own space. So when I moved back in with my mom, that wasn't going well. <laughs> And so I just realized, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't live with anybody. And so then my aunt and uncle, I'd always been great with them. They were letting me stay with them for a couple of weeks until, uh, yeah, I think me and Bryn got our first apartment after, shortly after that. But, um, yeah, so I literally, it was like, I was on the east side of town driving to the mall. I was like, this isn't even worth my gas. Wow. So, yeah, I think I just told you, she was like, Dude, I'm going to roll out. <laughs> like, it's been cool. Here's all my stuff tell our manager dude that i see once a, a, every couple of weeks i'm i'm good and then you're like man this sucks we're gonna do this again little did we know <laughs> like, holy shit was that true <laughs> and this is true and, and it's funny because i'm kind of bringing up all my, my work history but all this kind of makes sense right yeah and uh no it was a bummer when you left but i understood at the same time and for the listeners to fill in I left that music store and went to Journeys because the offer was um, I was the assistant manager and that's kind of what I wanted at the time. So that was happening. But then he got arrested. And then I got the the call from the DM that, well, you're going to play manager for almost a month because it was a little bit more deeper than any of us expected. So, all right, if I'm going to be a manager, we're going to sweep. We're going to start sweeping. I, I made a, a, a letter. I wrote a letter that pretty much stated that I understand what's going on. And I understand because he's not here, you're going to slack off. We're not going to slack off. We're juggernauts and we're going to make this work. And I had everyone read it and everyone sign it. So they understood. And that whole month, by the time that that manager came back, we double the week and i think we tripled the year that's awesome it was such a good performance that the dm wanted me to be in finley well by the time that that manager came back his power has shifted it was like game of thrones the power has shifted and everyone was coming to me for advice and tips of how to sell the socks how to sell the accessories and no one was socks. coming to him. Yes. <laughs> I forgot about that. That was a big deal. The SOP, oh, my man. Yes. And the <laughs> and the shoelaces too. Yes. We, so they were we, coming, they were coming oh, to me for it. Yeah. And he you were, dude, you were good. You were very he, good. 
God. And he was so jealous and angry about it to a point where he literally dropped my schedule where I was working 40 hours a week, which I was should be down to barely 10 hours a week and schedule me on the days that literally no one was at to drop my performance down to show that I didn't have it. He always tried to justify it by saying it had to, it had to line up with sales. And if I remember correctly, and again, this has been fucking how many years, but that store was like always in the top three. They're yeah. like, I remember it had like an available hours thing. It was like, Hey, since you guys sold this much last week, we're projecting you're going to do this much. Cause it was a projection. I mean, now that I'm in like management too, like I get that. Like I have to do that now is like, okay, this is what I'm thinking. Or if we're bringing in a new business here, I'm going to need to allocate these many people to that. So I need, this is what kind of labor hours I'm looking at, but looking at now that I know what I know now, looking back on that, you got to think like, that was like, that was almost like kids running kids. All right. Like yeah. we were so young. He was, I don't even know if he was actually older than us. He might've been younger. I can't remember, but yeah, some of these stores and stuff. And again, like owners of things and, you know, if you have a business or say you're like a regional manager, this and that, just realize like there's a really good chance you have a crappy manager or yeah. and like follow up, do your job, be diligent. I, I keep telling people this and like, no one seems to fucking believe me, but like my employees don't work for me. I work for them. Okay. Like it's my job to provide them with the tools they need to be successful. Exactly. And this isn't some like workshop bullshit thing. This is legit. Like, so just kind of, I guess, give a little update on me. I had been working in another state for about the last four years and I've been driving there the last four years. Um, it was a brand new company in manufacturing and a former manager of mine called and said, Hey, I need you to come and help me get this place up and going. It's an amazing opportunity. We get to start it right from the start. And, you know, we're, we're in charge of everything from how we create our storage to how we do our processes to how we produce parts. Like I was ecstatic, you know, and for the last almost four years, three and a half years, I started in say September of 2018. Um, that's what I've been doing. And again, I was driving 62 miles one way, 62 miles back every single day. Wow. Yeah. And because I love what I do and especially in a situation like that, where there is no, I hate hearing this too. It's the way we, it's the way we've always done things. I don't give a shit the way you've always done things. The world's ever evolving. There's more technology. There's better ways to do things. Um, so yeah, I mean, I really saddled myself into this place on on multiple levels. I mean, this is a, this was an international company. So, I mean, I worked with people in Germany. I worked with people in Italy. Uh, I had a lot of people out of Michigan. There was a lot of people I worked with um, out of Atlanta, Georgia. I mean, I called all over the world working with people. There was people I worked with out of India and it, it was so cool, like culturally for me, to kind of get out of the little bubble of where we're from and see such a diverse uh, work group. And on top of that, I got to work in a capacity and height that I'd never done before, but to literally like when I started there, they weren't even done building the building. Right. So 
every facet of that company for the last three and a half, four years, I've been a part of, I've had a say in, and it's been awesome. Just fucking a cool experience. That's awesome. It has. Um, and I also just recently left. (laughs) (laughs) I, and again, the world that we live in now, um, people can have higher expectations of their employers. Okay. And uh, for me, you know, because I, I, I mean, you have talked about some of the shit you've gone through. So the shit that I get upset about sometimes seems so weak sauce, but again, it's my personal expectations of my employer. And, you know, so my situation was, you know, I have been at the level of management I've been at for, I'd say five to seven years, which again, not that long a time. Uh, and I actually got into it at a, a very young age. Most people, at least in the manufacturing world where I'm from, don't even get these opportunities till around 35 or 40. I did it at 25. Nice. That's not just me being like, oh, I'm badass. I got very, very lucky. Most of the the, the things in my life that I've gotten opportunities at is because it's the, the one thing nobody else wants to do. When I was a lead and I got the opportunity for a manager is because the area that they wanted to make me a manager of was working seven days a week, 12 hours a day. Uh, for at least a year, I think I had eight days off in one year. And that's including holidays. There was 13 holidays that year. And I think I worked five of them. We had no days wow. off, but that I also knew that was my, that's how I opened the door, right? They posted the job. Nobody wanted, they interviewed people outside the company. They were like, Hey, just so you know, it's seven days a week or yeah, seven days a week, 12 hours a day. Nobody would take it. I finally went up there, thought real long and hard. Scratch my name on the paper. And within minutes, they're like, you're the manager. Good luck. Have fun. <laughs> and, and, and I did. I had to I had to grind. That was a bad year. That was also the same year I had my my first kid. So mm. I, had, I had a newborn at home. You know, the, the, there was a money improvement. So that helped. But I was also trying to manage, you know, understanding being a manager and leading people. And again, new kid. I just moved. I won't, you know, we had our mental uh, health episode. That was the same exact year I got on anxiety medication Mm. because it was so much at once. And, but I got through it. Okay. And then when I, and again, same thing, here's where, again, we talk about bad upper man, you know, management and stuff. I lost that job because of something one of my leads was doing on a day. I wasn't there. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So think about this. Okay. I worked my ass off at this place, okay, for, I want to say six years, five years. I can't remember, five or six years. I was there for a while. And that, this is the place I really, I started as an inspector, moved to forklift driver, forklift driver to lead, lead the manager. Um, I had one of, and so when I did take over as manager, the, that same area that was seven days a week, 12 hour days, all of a sudden became six days a week. 12 hour days all of a sudden became five days a week, 12 hour days became five days a week, 10 hour days. My team started to get built over time. And again, this took me a year to get all the right people, all the right things, get the right culture instilled into the team. You know, other areas. Yeah. We're still working a bunch of overtime. Not us are, I made them so driven on, on their performance and so driven about being excellent and being better than the people around us. Next thing you know, we're working 40 hours a week and voluntary overtime and everybody was happy and the team was good. They're like, Chris, what you did with this was amazing. You took the worst area in this plant. They almost had pulled the 
program from the plant. And they, we turned it around, turned it into a, a successful, positive gaining money making area. Well, hey, we've got this new, you know, program coming in, probably going to have the same problems that we have with this program. Think you can knock it out of the park? Yep, think I can. They brought it in, never worked an ounce overtime, learned everything I needed to from that first area. So it was like, oh, wait, I remember this kind of problem. Yep, this is what we did over here to fix that. Cool, let's fix it. That area launched perfect, went great. Next thing you know, it's like, oh, well, hey, we had a manager quit. You mind, uh, you know, looking over this area too? So now I'm up to three areas. I went from 15 employees to 35 employees to about 50 employees. I'm like, uh, yeah, you know, because I'm just not one to say no. I'm, I'm Mr. Awesome. I'm the golden boy. I can do it all. And uh, so, yeah, that kept going on. Then all of a sudden that area got a little bit better. Got the right lead in the right place. Started teaching the team about what they're doing. By the end of it, I had 93 employees, four leads, and I want to say like 12 high-low drivers. I don't even remember. Wow. It was a blur. <laughs> and sadly, it's not like, you know, I did that for a month or two and then the, the wheels fell off. Nope. I was in charge of those four areas for about two years. Wow. Yeah. So I went through multiple changes and people and programs and everything else. And it was fine. I loved it. Um yeah, one day I had a vacation or something scheduled. I I come back. Uh, I'm back for a day. The very next day after that, I get called up to the office. And um, there was this conversation that my lead at the time was doing something in the maintenance area during work hours. He was welding something. They didn't like it. They asked me why he thought it was okay that to do that. I'm like, I have no idea. I don't even think I was here the day that you're talking about. And then they talked to me about like, that's the environment I was making that people think they can do whatever they want. And I try to be everyone's friend instead of their wow. boss. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they fired this person. I was fucking irate. <laughs> it was like, okay, a suspension or a write-up. I understood. I was like, okay, it's going to be a little something. They want to make a point here, but they're like, yeah, we've decided to part ways with so-and-so. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And he was Dude, he was a great lead. He was very good. Wow. Uh, and actually, me and him had started around the same time. And while I was off on this journey of like escalation, he had stayed still. And I, this whole time, had been thinking like, this kid is really smart. Like, he wasn't the most people of like, he wasn't super people person. But there's not that some, you know, leads and managers aren't always the most people. Sometimes they're just people with really good planning. And it's just like, they don't need to be a people person. There are, one, there are people that can explain the plan. And if the plan can get explained, that's a strength too. Right. So, yeah, they let him go, man. I had some, I had some words. <laughs> so that, <laughs> that bought me a three-day vacation. And, uh, you know, talking to other managers and other people, you know, they, they essentially told me, yeah, why don't you go ahead and take three days off as well? They suspended me. And you know, decide because I had actually stupidly, this was mistake. Number one, realize a job is a job. Okay. No one is your friend. Your friends are your friends. Your family is your family. Your, your job is your job. Right. Learn to separate those three things out. Okay. I stupidly in my head thought by talking to my plant manager about some of the issues I was having with anxiety and I explained it not only, you know, had I had a, a child and I took on being a manager, I took on all these areas. 
I'd gotten into a new house. My friend had OD'd the same year. I had a lot fucking going on. And when I tried to explain to the plant manager, like, hey, and he didn't even notice, but I was like, I feel like my performance is lacking. I don't feel like I'm doing everything I need to do all the time. There would be times where I would like go outside and just sit down and hide almost because I had a hundred people constantly. I need this. I need that. My payroll vacation. They're like, it's just, you know, any movie you've ever watched, like somebody like with like telepathy where they can hear people's thoughts. It was like that. It was like constant people just da 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 da. da. So wow. I would just, yeah, I would just go sit outside and like, you know me, man. I, I walk with my chest up. I walk with my chin high. I yep. was so fucking beat down at this point. I would go outside and just sit with like my head between my legs, just rocking, like just trying to like calm down. And so, yeah, I stupidly went and talked to him, you know, my plant manager about it. And he took that as a sign of weakness. Like, well, maybe mm. you're just not cut out for this. So believe you me when I say like, you know, at this place, when I left, it was a good thing. But also when I came back from my suspension, again, I had some more choice words. So we decided to part ways. That was a huge blow to my ego. I had not even really known a lot of failures up to that point. And again, that can sound as cocky as anybody wants to take it as, but I had only ever like arrive at place, do good job move up and then maybe go and move, you know, go to another job with like more money or something like that. I had never really been like told like, Hey, I think we're just going to go our separate ways that, you know, they didn't quote unquote fire me. I didn't quote unquote quit. We chose to go separate ways is the official thing that I signed with my bullshit and whatever, mm. but it was still a big blow for me because right. I had been all I knew. Right. And then I thought to myself, you know, okay, if I'm as good as I think I am, I'm going to do this again. So I had a job. I did it for a while. Didn't really like it. So I took another job, did that job for a little while. It was okay. It wasn't great. I made some improvements. I definitely helped the place out, but I was like, this isn't really me. It was, it was, it was kind of a weird thing. Um, and again, it wasn't a bad place. It just wasn't a great place. Circa, I get a call four years ago. Hey, we're going to state over. I know it's a long drive, but the pay is really good. And you're going to get to dictate everything for your team. Hell yeah. Let's go. Right. Uh, right. One manager. I, I go, I, I, you know, we started up everything. We very quickly. And again, this plant is super progressive thinking. And I love the thought behind it. We're going to hire a bunch of people with manufacturing experience. And then we're going to hire a bunch of other people that have no manufacturing experience. And between the two, I bet we're going to find, you know, the best combination of managers and leads and stuff like that on paper. Beautiful. Right. Beautiful. <laughs> what a great idea. I love the on paper. Yeah. That's, that's on a motto paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In practicality, not so fucking good. Um, the people that had done, you know, tier one, we'll call it work. Uh, they knew what to expect from the customer. They knew how crazy it can be. You know, uh, manufacturing is the crazy world. Um, yes. And especially when you get into tier one manufacturing, it's, it doesn't get much more wild. And if you're not used to that environment, if you're not used to, I will say it's, it's one of the final frontiers of like work that I consider the wild, wild west. It's one of the last kind of, and I'm sure they're still out there. 
it just again it's one of the last places i can think of that like right when you come in the door somebody can be like hey what's up fucker like it's (laughs) it's that environment you know and so and i mean that could be the plant manager like that's right. you know <laughs> hell i worked in a few places that you could smoke in like i'm that i'm not that you know old like that that's manufacturing 10 15 years ago that's, you just go in the warehouse smoke a cigarette like that's true so it's it's always been a bit you know it's always been a business that's been a little behind the times and i think maybe that's why i found success in it because i'm not your stereotypical like guy i'm not the guy to wear a suit and tie i'm not the guy to not say cuss words i'm not the guy to not say a joke that's probably ridiculously inappropriate so i found a lot of success in this world in this you know world of work right and um yeah i've always had really good reviews from my employees of my management style because i don't bullshit people there, there's no need for it like they're, they're i've gotten in trouble and written up so many times because they're like we well, didn't need to explain to, you know, to the team why we're working this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. It's not that they didn't do their job and hit their numbers. It's that you're afraid they're not going to do it next week. You can't tell people that Chris, like, fuck it. Why? They should know the truth. Hey, it's not anything you've done so far. It's the fear of what you may or may not do that. You have to work this Saturday and miss your kid's fucking birthday. Right. Like, no, I'll, I'm going to be real with you. And again, my management style, some companies do not like, um and again so i've been going to this place the last four years i had a manager above me um and again the job directly above me is the one i've kind of been interested in for a long time and so if you want to if you want to figure out how to like lose a good employee people listening right here this is how you do it so i had a manager for about a year he's a fucking idiot okay i don't think he'd ever actually done <laughs> manufacturing I, I don't care if he listens. I don't care if you know who you are and you're my first manager at the place in the other state, you're a fucking idiot. Um, I think they knew they were an idiot. And for the most part, you know, just rode the coattails of people like me and my parts of our other team. Um, and for the most part, it was smart early on. It's like, I'm just keeping my mouth shut. These guys know their shit. Mm-hmm. So he, he was part of that. I've never done manufacturing, but I've done management team, you know, and so then he was lucky most of the other team on, you know, of our team had done manufacturing. So yeah, we were lights out on everything. Projects were completed, contracts were set, you know, information. I'm trying to, I'm not trying to use certain keywords to indicate any kind of businesses or anything. So anybody listening, if you think you're going to be like, ah, gotcha. No, you don't. You ain't getting us. You ain't happening. <laughs> I just don't give a shit. He was throwing out names, addresses, <laughs> phone numbers. Descriptions. No, I'm, I'm trying. I'll tell you why. I'll tell. I'll tell. I'll tell everybody why at the end. Go ahead. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, and again, this is the this is the experiences I've had, especially in this world. We we have a little saying like cover your own ass. So what I'm thinking of is the legality of some things on some ends because I've had to deal with that. Right. I've had to go to court for people that felt like there was a prejudice against them. I've had to go to court for people that thought you know, because whether they uh, were black or Hispanic or female or anything like, like, so I've always just learned, like, it's one thing to be open and honest as a manager, but there's also an aspect that you have to cover your own ass. So Mm -hmm. again, not going to throw names out, but after, you know, shithead manager one's gone, they talked to me about that position. Now at this time, I just had my second child. 
Now I'm in a way better spot mentally at this point. And again, this is, you know, five, six years after my moving into management. So I'm pretty well in the know. Um, they talk to me about it. We discuss it. I, I do what I consider to be the adult thing. I'm like, listen, I just had another kid. I don't think this is the right time for me. Do I think I can do the job? Yes. I can't promise you the time right now. I can't promise you that when shit hits the fan and we need to be here 18 hours in a day or, you know, customer demand goes through the roof and we're working seven days a week and that position, you know, has to be here. I, I can't promise you that. So for right now, I'd say, no, let, you know, let my kid be a little bit older. Let me get a little bit more confident here. Cause it's only been a year and we'll go from there. The next manager I had, I had for two years and she was absolutely fucking amazing. That woman taught me so much in those two years, not even just about the work itself, just life. Like, you know, she by no means was a younger woman. Like she'd been experienced. She'd been working in this business a long time. She worked her ass off and she finally got her opportunity at this place. So I did everything in my power to help her because she did everything in her power to help me. So when, you know, things happen in businesses, sometimes people aren't happy. That's where she ended up. So she was on her way out for a while and she knew it. And she spent that entire time getting me prepared to take that position. And, you know, she felt very good about where I was at. I thought everyone felt good about where we were at. So time came, I interviewed for the position, did really well. Everyone's like, obviously, Chris, we know you're a huge part of this team. You've been here since the beginning. You know, this is three, you know, year and a half-ish. We'll say about a year ago-ish. So, yeah, and I figure, okay, we're three years in and, you know, I'm really getting this stuff. And I think, and I get, at this time, we are onto our second, you know, manager upper upper manager the team that i have built is amazing our processes are lights out our our work everything like we don't do overtime we our delivery ratings are spot on like everything's good um in the gap between both managers i had filled in you know stepped up and done all the things that that position needed we got you know the second manager in she was awesome anytime she was on vacation i was her right hand so i'd go to the meetings i'd fill out the reports. I do all those things. So she leaves. Okay. And we had this good month block where I did all those things. I did the payroll for the salary team. I did the meetings. I, you know, presented to our customers, everything. And everyone was just like, Oh, so Chris is obviously the natural pecking order. Nope. They hired another female. Um, wow. And again, yeah. The explanation was, Hey, there's, we think you're really good at what you do. And you're probably going to be really good at this too. Right now. We just don't have the time to train somebody. We were, you know, this is post COVID. So we're short people. We're, we're short this. I said, you know what? And here's the, here's the dumb thing on mine. I was like, you know what? You're, you're right. If I do this, I want to do it right. And right now is probably not the strongest time for us. So bring mm. in my, bring in my third manager. Okay. It took me all of a day, maybe two. And I went, oh, shit. They hired somebody that absolutely knows nothing about what we do. Wow. And I, I really like this person, this manager, as a person. I really thought she was cool. And she was. She was really great. But the only thing that you couldn't talk to her about was work. And when you're a manager of a place, that's kind of important. Right. Yeah, she was a super delightful person, but 
when it came to just our work stuff, she was oblivious. And here's the worst part. And I, I don't say this about many people. She struggled to learn. I, I, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I swear. I'm not trying to like put this person down. Like, like I said, she was cool as hell, but me and her had very open conversations about it. And she's like, I'll be honest with you. This is just all over my head. Okay. That was like month one. Okay. So even early on, she was like, eventually they're going to catch on to, I don't really know what I'm doing and they're going to fire me. Hmm. And I, and I was openly like, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, I'm not trying to be, you know, offensive. Just, yeah, this is like the stuff we do. Some of it's very hard. Some of it's very difficult, especially some of the programs. So yeah, we just had that open, like, okay, you're about to get fired any day now. She worked for us for almost seven months. Wow. So for six months, I was doing her fucking job. Wow. So last December, yes, yeah, about five months ago, a company had reached out a lot closer to home and said, hey, essentially offering me the kind of job that this person was in. They were like, we looked at your resume and we think that, you know, it's very impressive and we think you could come here and run our our site or our, you know, our, our warehouse. I went there. It was super cool. It was nice. Um, they sent me an offer letter. And so I went and I put my two weeks in and I explained it to the, you know, the, not my, we'll call it manager three. And she was like, no, I get it. <laughs> like, this was, this was the bad thing. She's like, no, I, I 100% get it. Like the fact they hired me and not you, it blows my mind because of how much knowledge you have here. I was like, thank, thank you for that. I appreciate that actually. Right. Like, yeah, no, I like, it's embarrassing. Like I, she's like, don't get me wrong. I like it here, but yeah, like she was open the whole time she was there about like, Hey, if they're going to keep me around though, the money's really good. So I was like, yeah, do you like, I ain't mad at you. Like you're not the one who fucked up. They are right. They brought somebody in here has no idea what they're doing. And they expected us just to be okay with that. And it's again, you make a mistake, you make a mistake. And then, of right. course, there's the excuses like, well, we tried this. Well, that... all right, cool. I'm good. I've given you three years. I've given you a plant that's up and running and it's doing well. The numbers are great. You won't even notice I'm gone until three to six months from now when I'm not here double checking on everything. And then it starts to fall apart. You go, well, what happened? You'll figure it out. Like, yep. So I put in my two weeks in December. I didn't even make it back to my office. And our HR person called and was like, get up here. <laughs> They're like, uh, what do you think you're doing? Like, and it became a very big thing. And I was just like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm good. I've trained three managers at this point. Um, the person you have here now doesn't know shit. They're open about not knowing shit. And they're still here for some odd reason. Um, I was like, and yeah, I just, I'm good. I'll, I'll go somewhere else. And they essentially said, you know what we're going to do for you? We're going to get you the training to take that position. And I'm like, really? On top of that, we're going to give you more money. Uh, okay. So yeah, come December, you know, I'm happy. I'm like, I just got a raise because I put my two weeks in and they say, you know, every quarter you're going to go through some college courses. We're going to get you all these things. That way you can be the best version of you. I'm like, hell yeah. We set the date. Bow. Like January, like fourth or fifth. I think it was like a Wednesday or Thursday first meeting of like Chris's plan to escalate and evolve, you know, 
I'm like, hell yeah. Cause that's my thing. If you tell me that you see the, my future, Oh, I'm, I'm a puppy. I'm like, cool. Let's go. Where are you leading me to take me to the water bowl? So January 4th comes, Oh, everyone's busy. We all that going on. I got to push this out to January 10th. Wow. Yeah. yeah no big deal. You know, it happens. I, I've had to, you know, move meetings, you know, it happens. Sometimes shit just pops up, you know? And so I'm like, cool. January 10th comes. Oh, sorry. I forgot. I'm out of office. Let's move it to the 13th. Mm. Then the 23rd. Then February 8th. Mm. Then February 17th. 24th. March 15th. Wow. It got moved 17 times in the last three months. So for anybody that doesn't know how the the whole year works, 12 months, each quarter is three of them. So Mm -hmm. I went my whole three months, no training, never even had the initial meeting. Okay. So we sit down. Ooh, I think I'm going to remember the day for the rest of my life. I want to say it was March 17th is when we finally did it. Finally, we're like, all right, let's get in a room. Let's map this out, right? There was no map out. There was no plan. There was nothing. There was a conversation about if I were to ever, you know, join the upper management team. I would have to change my attitude. I would have to be less cocky, less arrogant. And again, they did this all under the guise of we're helping you. And I was just like, that's the reason why they didn't hire you to that position. That's what they're saying. That's what that was. Yep. All three of those managers, they were holding you back because of that particular thing. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yep. Wow. and, And here's the thing. They weren't wrong. Okay. Especially when it comes to work stuff for my employees, I am humble, helpful. I try to do the best I can when it comes to my peers. I'm better than you. That's how I am. And like, it it just is it's, Hey, who's the best manager here? Me. You're just going to say you. Yep. Me. Yeah. My results are better. My retention's better. My employees like me better. Like everything I do is just better. That is who I am. And they're like, well, that attitude right there is the problem. I'm like, is it? Sure. Okay. If that's the, if that's the one thing I need to work on and improve on. Great. What about my work ethic? Oh, it's great. What about my attendance? Awesome. How do my employees feel about me? They all love you. You always like you're open with them and honest. Okay. Uh, What about my job performance? Oh, it's always been stellar. Okay, so the one thing you have on me is I'm cocky. Yeah, you really got to work on that. And I was like, all right, so I'm done here. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> that was it. I, I actually applied for another place. And I, I never heard back from him. Two days later, I get an email from another company. It says, hey, we saw your resume on LinkedIn. We think you'd be a great fit for essentially yeah the job that i've been waiting for four years at this place we think you could come do this for us right now and be great at it um so i was like well worst case scenario you know i'll I'll go to the interview right but in my head i'm like okay it's back home right it's in lima for one they're probably not gonna be able to afford me and two i'm sure it's not going to be any kind of standard as to like what i find acceptable or they're going to sit down and interview me. I, I get to be completely open and honest because I'm not chasing a job, right? 
I can just be me. And they're either going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're not looking for a manager who's buddies with people and cocky or, you know, uh, yeah, we can offer you $25,000 less a year or something. So I went to the interview. I was completely myself. I was open and honest. I was like, listen, if you're looking for that kind of manager to come in here and be like, my way or the highway, and if you don't like it, get the fuck out. I was like, I'm not that guy. But if you're looking for somebody to actually build up a team that takes pride in what they do and they actually enjoy the work they do and they find it rewarding and realize that their hard work is appreciated and I appreciate them as a team, I'm that guy. And they were like, no, absolutely. The world's changing. Like the, the old ways don't work anymore. You got to be building up teams. You got to show people their future. And for a good hour, hour and a half, we just clicked. We didn't even really, it didn't even feel like an interview. It felt like just a, and another different dynamic was it was younger guys. You know, it was most of the time when I, you know, especially in this industry, when I interview, it's a guy that's like 60 some years old. He's like, I've been doing this for 40 years. I know goddamn everything. No, right. these were younger guys that were like, yeah, we have to be innovative. It's hard to keep employees. It's hard to get employees. We have to be creative and innovative. And I was just like, yes. And this is in my backyard. This thought process, this idea to business is in our town. This is amazing. Like I right. was so stoked. And if they would have hit me up a month earlier, I would have never even entertained the idea of an interview. So shout out to my former plant manager in HR. Thank you for pissing me off because <laughs> I went to this interview. I, I absolutely loved everything that they, they told me. And I did. I accepted the position and I just started this past Monday. And now I went from driving 62 miles one way to driving seven miles right into town. And, and that's how you do it. And, and, and that's the thing, man, is like when I said they couldn't afford me that they they were open with that, too. They're like, you know, we can't probably meet you right where you're at, but we can give you this. And what they gave me, plus what I'm saving and driving and everything else, like I was like, you know what, to drop the headache there and come here, I'm in. Now, right. I just I just had my first week and I can tell you, I had a great meeting with my my new my new boss. Um, this position is a little different for me. Uh, so I don't have a boss that works necessarily in my, my site. I'm, they put me in charge of the whole operation. Nice. They, they just entrusted in me like, Hey, through the interview and your resume, we think you're going to do great things. And yeah, in the first week they were, they were pretty honest. Like, you know, this site, especially we've kind of, you know, let go to the winds a bit. Um, they said like, we've gotten more done in the last week than they have like the last six months, which if that's the case. That sucks, but I, yeah, I told him, I was like, oh, you're going to really like me because <laughs> I'm in the getting shit done business. Right. And a lot, yeah, and a lot of the team out there is really cool. Um, you know, there's a couple people that have been there for a while that are like, you know, this is the way we've always done things. And I was like, well, uh, you know, I get that. I'm really sorry, but like, we got to make some changes here to be a better place. And this is a big opportunity for me. You know, I want to make an impact. I definitely don't want to make your life any harder. But yeah, they've just got some things that like, it's not even big things. It's like basics. But I realized that the team that they have out there, they've never really seen some of this stuff. So yeah, to be able to come home and be closer to home, you know, sleep in later, get off work earlier, not have an hour drive. I'm pretty stoked. I'm still like ridiculously proud of the work that we did over there at the other place. And, you know, I still have friends and stuff that are there. I mean, uh, when I tell you that, like, I like seeing and bringing people up, there's a girl that worked with me at that first place I told you about. 
And then I called her when I worked at that second place we talked about, and she came and worked for me there. And then she came and worked for me again at the place that was 62 miles away. Now for her, it was only about 40 miles. So at least it was a little bit closer, but any opportunity that I've had to say, Hey, you want to work with me again? She's taken. Cause she's like, you're just cool as shit. You're open. You're honest. And she started off there as a forklift driver. And I can tell you successfully by the time I left, she was promoted four times, making salary, making as much as I was, and was now then my peer. Nice. All I ever wanted for her. I, I never wanted to just have somebody that followed me and like, you know, did the shit I didn't want to do. I promised her seven years ago. I was like, if you listen and work with me, I will show you how to advance and get a career for yourself. Again, she's a single mother. She's one of the hardest working people I've ever worked with. I'm so, she's like my little sister. I'm ridiculously fucking proud of her. And not to rub salt into the wound of the place that we, you know, I came from here, but she was also extremely fed up with shit, got a job opportunity and just submitted her two weeks uh, yesterday. Wow. And is going to be actually making more money than me here in about two weeks. Like, and again, to pluck that girl from obscurity out of a place, you know, in a little plant that we worked at seven years ago. And now to see her going to be making more money than me at a a position, I would say even higher than me, fucking makes me proud of shit. There is no jealousy there. There is nothing but pride in that. Like, she's like, yeah, hey, I'm really sorry. But like, this is what they offered me. And I'm like, holy shit, girl, that's more than I make. And she goes, yeah, I kind of thought it might be once you get mad. I'm like, mad. I'm so fucking crazy proud of you. Like, look at what you've done. Like, and I, yeah, I, you know, I, I think she listens to the podcast. She knows who she is. Um, but yeah, th- that's, that's, that shit right there is what I got in the management for. Not, not just for the money, not just for the praise. Cause I don't even, I honestly, I don't even like praise. Like with this new place I'm at all these projects we did, I never even mentioned me. I said, Hey, the team got all this done. And they were like, wow. Okay, cool. That, that this looks great. Like, we're working on our incoming, you know, uh, process. We're working on our outbound process. We're working on cycle counts. We're working on inventory tracking. And that's all stuff they never did. But I'm not going to sit there and just be like, look at all these great things I did. How about me? No, it has to be the team. We succeed together. We fail together. So, again, th- there's opportunities out there, guys. Like, if you're at a place that you don't like right now, take a leap. Bet on you, Okay. I've been betting on me since I was 12 years old. I, I've come from a single mother in a, a two bedroom trailer. We are just, you know, we're not meant to be anything, anybody at all, but I've been betting on myself my whole damn life. And it's been a pretty damn good life. And just to give you an example, a buddy of mine six years ago was sitting on my couch. Uh, he changed oil for a living. And we, he was really wanting to do something and have a career. And I was like, dude, look into manufacturing. It's, you know, where I was finding success at. So he just started looking, he laughed and he goes, I'm going to apply to be like this, like whatever master tech at, we'll just say a very well-known manufacturing place in Ohio. Okay. It was a joke. He just hit apply. They called him up. He worked for them for the last five years and two weeks ago. He got hired in full time as the manager of that department. Nice. He applied as a joke. Nice. <laughs> like, take the risks. You, I'm telling you, people. Like, 
don't be afraid to fail. Even if you fail, you're going to learn something. So go do it. Just don't be afraid. Or you know what? Fuck it. Be afraid and still do it. That's it. That's it. Like, you never know. Like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a little terrified right now. They just gave me a whole plan and said, hey, figure it out. And, and I'm, I'm doing me. I'm going to figure and, it out. And that's that's why the West Woods episode was all right. about. Was, we said was the same thing. Doing it is, you know, jump in that water. If you can't swim, someone would notice you. And that that was the, the hold on. <laughs> Did you hear the cops? <laughs> <laughs> shit, I, they found me. I, they heard me talking about the them. They sent the popo. Hide the shit. Uh, <laughs> why I didn't mention any names. <laughs> I did. Oh shit. Uh, <laughs> no, like that. That's that's the paraphrasing of, you know, jump, do it, and and someone will recognize you. Someone would know um, what you're capable of. And but if you're going to hide yourself in the shadows. No, it's not going to realize what you do. You you have it in your head. You're looking at the person that you need to contact and take focus on. But in the back of your head, you're like, oh, I can do this. I'm have X, Y, and Z's of this. I, I can be great. Then you come home being all depressed because you didn't do anything because that guy didn't see you. So jump, do it. Because that guy's going to be like, yo, I've never seen this guy before. Who is he? And you never know. But on my end, Journeys was our what second entity and our third meeting met up whatever was Office Depot. I started there because Harry's Harry's was third. Was it Harry's? Harry's first. Then Depot. Hold on. No, it was Depot. Then Harry's. It for me was Depot. Then Harry's. That's right because I was working at Olive Garden and Office Depot, and then Olive Garden sucked ass. By the way, (laughs) food's amazing, but. You, you can't work with four of your ex or three of your ex-girlfriends and have a good work environment, y'all. Just don't do it. <laughs> it wasn't planned. It just worked out that way. And it was not a good time. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I worked at Office Depot. The reason why I got that position, I was unemployed in between journeys and that. That shit was but, fun. But um, I got hired in because a guy that knew me from, you know, dancing everywhere. And he's like, hey, man, we always talk about games and shit. <laughs> Come over here and play. I did. And it was cool. It was fun. The people that were there were cool. We called each other the, the OD crew, Office Depot crew. <laughs> and we always went out drinking and, and partying yeah. and, and, and all that stuff. And in comes Chris. Hi, Chris, again. Oh, that's uh, so fun. <laughs> that really was a fun and job. Because, it like, was a fun off, job. Awesome, yeah. And um, and on my end, it, it became a, a bit of a rough house because of the chef manager that we brought up in the previous episode. He was that he was racist. So you talking about um, the old racist dude, right? Yeah. Which and, I don't even mind if we mention. There's no way that dude's alive right now. He was a <laughs> thousand and eighty years old, ten yes. years ago. Like, and it's so weird, like for us saying that and 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 trying to figure out if we can say. It, jim's name or not it was very was it, it jim it's jim and for me Sounds it was like an old it, racist guy <laughs> sorry any me, jim's listening y'all got a racist name deal with it <laughs> and for me it felt like it felt like years long of 
of abuse, I guess. So for me saying like his name on here on record, knowing that everyone's going to listen was very, very weird for me for some odd reason. But realistically, I don't give a fuck. I'm like, I'm old as hell now. So Jam yeah, was um was was definitely shook my world a little bit because that was the second time I actually got in close of how racist someone can be without really showing you racism, right? Mm-hmm. And um he just found different ways of 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 turning that gear. And I remember a certain guy came in, uh got hired and his first day um he was walking to the restroom and it's the guy that we both know um and rest in peace to him and uh i remember him walking into the the restroom and jim went on the mic and was going the fuck off why do i not remember this going the i I don't know if you were still there chris well i was gonna say who did are you saying you and him mutually knew or me or me and you what the guy that he's about he was referring to? Yeah, because you said rest in peace. Who? Yes. Oh uh, well. Oh, he wasn't. He worked there. Oh, he did work there, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he worked there, and he oh, was killer. That yeah, that dude was okay. Yeah, no, my God, I forgot about that. No, dude, I worked at ABC Warehouse too. He has a photographic memory, so he well he did. Yeah, he's passed away, but um, he had a photographic memory, so. You remember how like we had those old digital tech cards on everything? Yes. He would memorize them all. Yeah. So everyone was blown away by him because he they'd be like, What about this computer? He'd be like, Oh yeah, the ITEL da 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 Dell Core 4 4.0 processor. He was that way at ABC Warehouse when we were 18 years old. Right. So yeah, he's always been killer at I forgot he worked there. Holy yeah. Shit. So yeah. That was after so, me. That was after yeah, me. Yeah, it was after you. Um, so yeah, when he went into the restroom. Jim went the fuck off. I can't believe they're hiring these. And he started using racial slurs and all that kind of stuff on the mic. And I was floored because no one, no manager was checking him on it. It's too bad. And, um, you know, long story short on it, there, there was a moment where we we had three different managers at the time Mm -hmm. and this particular manager was from toledo and he came in went into the computer and unexcused all the excuses so if someone came in late and it was before him it was excused he would unexcuse it to give that that person a point so to give that per- after me. Yeah, to give that person a point without them knowing. That's, so ugh. there was one night because, you know, we at the house always had problems with our cars. In that particular moment, the starter went out and I called and said, look, my starter went out, got a, got a driver, be there no later than like three minutes late. And it was exactly that. So later... Uh, I was helping a customer out with ordering furniture and I felt something on my shoulder and I looked at my shoulder and I looked up and it was Jim and he was holding a closed box cutter and he used that like as if he was like slicing my, my shoulder and he was laughing. 
Now, knowing that we have a past, that's not cool at all. So even the customer looked at me like, yo, what was that? You know, I went into the back, saw the manager and assistant and said, okay, so what's in a handbook about a customer using a closed box cutter as a way of slicing someone's shoulder? Right? An hour later, I was helping uh, a coworker putting different furniture in a lady's car. I get called in the mic to go into the office and I got fired that day. Are you shitting me? I got fired that day. They claimed it's because of the fact that I was late. But knowing the fact that this man has been getting away with racial situations for at least the three managers before me, and I asked a specific question referring to that particular moment, and I got let go. And I asked the store manager after my slew of choice words, because I was highly pissed off, and I asked him, you didn't talk to HR about my situation with Jim, huh? And he said, no. And I said, I beg you didn't. (laughs) I bet you didn't. And I left and was DJing. And then that's when um, I got asked to work at Harry's. Job number four. Job number four. Because that's that's why I left was because, yeah, I was having conflicting. Harry's like, he he pretty much brought me on full time. and I'd had like two jobs for so long. I was like, man, I just want one job. And like. Then I started making bank there. Like the tips yeah. were the shit. So yeah. And Harry's, I'm gonna say this. That's a whole different episode. We're gonna Bro, hold that yes. particular. Yes, I, we will. Man, we're gonna hold that one because we got a lot to shit. say. So fast forward all the way back to the music store. Um, I was actually pretty established as a DJ at that moment. I was literally double booking myself um from Thursday through Saturday. I mean, I was booked. And I got to a point where I really didn't need a retail job. People, that, that's where it is. I've been DJing this whole time from EB, the game store, up to at that point. And I was still DJing. But I gained a name, gained an establishment, and gained word of mouth to where I was double booking myself. I would literally do a wedding on a Saturday, and at 11, drive as fast as I could to a bar and be there at like 12 30 and end the night and still make my full amount of money every weekend friday and saturday booked thursday friday saturday was booked because i was doing the legions i was doing all this stuff i was booked and i had what damn near four four days off kind of thing employed myself no education employed myself made money so But the dealerships don't look at that as a form of income. They needed a government job. So therefore, I went back to the music store. And it worked. It was fine. It was cool. But it was always someone above me with some form of an ego, some form of a puff chest, some form of a narcissistic kind of, I do what I want, and I don't care. And I think it was a curse in that building because... There's, 
you know, people who snorted coke in the back room, people who had sexual affairs in the back room, people, <laughs> stuff happens in that building. Right. So that particular person, that particular guy, we we became cool, you know what I mean? And I, I thought we were friends and I thought we were colleagues. Um, and, but he had a different side of him where I still to this day didn't, understand how he still got the job after a while he he told a girl because she said that uh she had a sore throat and he told her dead to her face well if you stop sucking dick it wouldn't happen yeah i, I usually use that line on all my new hires actually <laughs> that's what i'm saying it's like so, i need people to realize man like you have to fucking okay there's cameras everywhere everyone's got one in their pocket on their phone like for one just don't be a fucking bad person all right i've definitely made my own fair share of bad jokes bad timing you know like don't be afraid to be like hey i just fucked up right there i thought that was gonna be funny it really wasn't it was inappropriate my bad yeah it's rid of 90 percent of your fucking problems but people again especially management they're so <sighs> i'm trying to remember the letter kenny they're so high on their own dicks. Like, yes, they just think that they can say and do whatever they want. It again, was I've been there, but they got to stop. It was it was. It was insane. And I had to take a pause of that because what happened after I left is very weird because like 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 again, I was cool with him. I thought we were we were friends. We were colleagues. Um, but he had a history and his history definitely showed a lot and it caused a lot of employees to quit. It caused a lot of um, hurt and pain for some people. Um, you know, he had affairs while working um, and one one particular employee was threat threatened harm on another employee because she thought sleeping with the manager would get her the position so when it came time for him to get promoted to a different state which a lot of a lot of customers was very questionable about that but that's a different story uh he got it which led me to be the store manager which was fine um once i got the store manager position and the the mall knew. Swear to God, if they were, if if I told them I love roses, the whole store would have been filled with roses. They were so happy that I got that position and he wasn't there anymore. And it would be a brighter place because he's not, it was the craziest switch. But then we had different district managers, and those district managers had puff chest, uh, you know, that kind of idea. And I was having trouble with hiring people um, because either they just just wouldn't wouldn't fit the criteria, meaning I'm in the middle of an interview and trying to print out the paper because it keeps jamming. And the guy tells me that the reason why he had the black eye was because his baby mama crew came in, beat his ass <laughs> up. Yep. And under the same breath, he said that the cops pulled him over because they found LSD. I haven't got a chance to ask him how he was doing. So, <laughs> so it was like Michelle Pfeiffer in, in, in Dangerous Minds. How the hell can you calm this classroom down? So I had these situations. I had these moments of, 
of being a store manager and having to control a, a fiery crew, right? Of, of, of a lot of adolescents and a lot of like, I do what I want situations where HR was like, you got to keep them. I had, I had an assistant that literally did nothing. Literally did nothing. I would have a list of things for him to do in spurnation of all kinds. He would just not do anything. And there was a moment where I had um, a guy quit. I did, He didn't show up. So I was just like, all right, well, no call, no show. I guess he's done. But I get right. a call from HR saying that he sent an email to her and explaining that that assistant manager made a rape joke. And he was transitioning. And it was offensive. And that's why he left. Wow. And it was the middle of of Christmas season. And it was tough times. And his and his file was so thick, you would have thought it was the complete book series of Game of Thrones. Of all the things that's been happening. And this would have been it. But HR said, you need him. So I kept him. He later quit. And when he quit, he called a new DM because I had many. And was trying to throw me under the bus for no apparent reason. Saying that myself and the DM was trying to conspire of, of some form of a craziness to get him out. But all reality, I told him face to face, your performance is low. You need to pick up your performance because the company is looking at you. At this point, they're looking at me to trying to clear everybody out. And I and you're not giving me a reason to back you up. I get that. And, that's, and it's hard, too, because like, as you know, yeah, as a manager, like you have to try and do the best you can with what you got but sometimes the people just aren't the right people for the right fit for the right job you know right right so it happens he leaves i hired two girls that i knew they had um a great performance and 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 to note by the time that he left i cleaned house i started over i kept some of the people that i knew that had some form of potential and i trained one-on-one with them to the point where how they're selling it is how they will sell it. It's not by script. It's how they will perceive it. And to tell you, they flourished. And I mean flourished. It was damn near 200% increase of what they were doing a month before. So now when I hire these two girls in, um, turn that around and we were number three in the region. Nice. We were uh, top in our district. We were performing well. Now, the reason I left was because those particular girls got together and trying to find anything to throw me under the bus again. So I said, you know what? That's too much stress for my $10 an hour. I'm right. out. If they want it, they can have that stress. They say I that, stepped man. out. Heavy and is the head that wears the crown. <laughs> absolutely. And once I left, all I got was praise of me leaving and the fact that they are 
not doing the greatest job, which was fine. I left, worked in in manufacturing jobs, and I love every bit of it. And my DJing is flourishing even more. So retail is not it. If you guys want to be in it, if you want to be in it, make sure you be in management because that's where you get your most hours and your most money. Uh, Other than that, if you want to stay part-time, stay part-time, but know your limitations, know that you worth more than that and go somewhere better. Yeah. And like I said, bet, bet on you, bet on you. That's the ultimate goal is like, like, it's funny that we talked about, like, you know, the last place I was at said like my confidence, my cockiness, arrogance was my downfall. That is what got me to every bit of success that I have. It was, it was the one thing that people were like, yeah, he's too arrogant to fail. He's too cocky to be wrong because he has to be right all the time. So again, you have to find what fits for you. You may be at a position right now or a place that you're like, oh, this person don't like me. And this person thinks I'm worthless Then fucking leave. There's jobs everywhere. Yep. Get on Indeed, create a LinkedIn profile, put in the work, make yourself available. Social media is out there. There are people constantly looking for skilled individuals. So just double down on you and do it. Yes. It's out there. Be happy. It's you're out you're there. worth it. You're worth it. And on my end, for that positivity to those who are looking, especially those in high school who's going out for a job, believe me, don't settle. Don't no. settle. Do yeah. if you if you need if you need a job to put gas in your car, but you still got a house, your parents are still letting you live in the house. Just do that. Yeah. Do that. As long as you if, can. As long as you can. And if there is a position that you want, a goal that you want, you have the opportunity to earn your dreams. The internet is out there for you to explore and dive in. So yeah, get that nine to five. That's, you know, maybe $10 now. Do that. Do that for a while, but never step away from your dream. Because I tell you, in my eyes, it is worth it to follow your dreams let everything else be the side piece make your dreams be the main because it will happen just remember you are the main character in your story everyone else they may have long chapters they may have short chapters but they're just side characters it's your story you write the narrative so if you think you can do something do it if you can't do it learn how to do it if you're struggling to learn how to do it ask for help if it's something you're passionate about, ask for help. There's somebody out there in the world that can do it. So figure out what that thing is that you want to do and do it. The, the world right now is a fucking oyster of opportunities. Suck it up. Yeah, that's a good line. I like that one. <laughs> Bam, HR. Bam. <laughs> Suck it up. <laughs> Chris, I got to see you in the office. Exactly. <laughs> so guys, oh. uh, that will be the end of our episode. You can follow me. DJ Sabotage, S-A-B-O-T-A-J on all the socials, even on Twitch. Chris, where they can find you? C-T-G Mar one zero on at least Instagram. I think I've pretty much given up on all of the socials. I suck at them. You find me on Facebook. Uh, just find Taj. I'm his friend. That's a- <laughs> that's that's about it. That's yeah, it. If, you, if you try to put in Chris Martin, you're gonna get a bunch of Coldplay shit. Don't just don't even do it. Just find Taj. <laughs> I'm in there. You'll see, Chris Martin, you'll see me. 
<laughs> oh, and man. other than that, you guys, later days. Love it. And if you enjoyed this episode and or the podcast, give us a review, rate the channel, and follow us. You can follow me, DJ Sabotage. That's D-J-S-A-B-O-T-A-J on all socials and Twitch. CTG Martin. That's C-T-G-M-A-R-1-0 on Instagram. Until next time, later days.